Hello and welcome to the Property Roundup here on iProperty Radio with myself, Carol Tallon. The show where we chat to industry experts to get a view of activity on the ground and to learn about new trends emerging. The show is sponsored by DAF.ie, Ireland's most visited property website. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Tom Cross, Property Director at GVM Auctioneers in Limerick. Tom, you're very welcome um, back. Sorry, you're welcome back to the show. Um, obviously, we've spoken to you previously, and I'm delighted that you were able to join us today so we can hear about what's happening in the Limerick market. Uh, hi, Carl. How are you? Uh, delighted to uh, come on to your show. Yeah, last time we met, I think, was in a hotel in Dublin after one of our conferences, and we had a bit of a chat about the Limerick and the Midwest property market. So thrilled to be here again and sharing some views. Ah, uh, delighted. And if if memory serves, I think we were joined. Um, we were joined by a number of your colleagues and uh, some of the IPAV team. And I always love to get a good regional look of what's happening in the marketplace because you know while we're looking at the stats and while they're bra- broken down region to region, I always find when I speak to. Um, estate agents and auctioneers operating across the country, we always find interesting little pockets of things that are happening that maybe aren't recorded in the within the larger trends. So that's always an area of interest. Um, but for GVM, um, obviously, the most people would be very familiar with your brand. While you have a strong hold in the Limerick market, um, your signage will be seen outside of Limerick uh, quite extensively in 20. It has been in 2023. So you might just talk to us. Maybe let's start with the new homes because it's such a hot topic at the moment. You know, we still have a chronic shortage of housing, secondhand homes and new new homes. But it feels like new home supply is maybe the one that the the government is really actively trying to target. So you might just tell us what's happening on the new home side of GVM right now. Okay, um, I suppose Limerick uh, has eventually seen the emergence of some new developments uh, coming out of the ground over the past three or four years. Prior to that, prices weren't strong enough to justify the build. Uh, builders did begin to come in in 2019. Um, and in Limerick, there are probably, uh, and it's not a lot, probably five or six developments that are active uh, in different pockets of the city. Uh, it's not a huge amount of housing, uh, but um uh, it's up and running and uh thankfully I, i'm glad to report that all developments are selling quite well um this year uh the year started quite well quarter one was very very strong i think there was a fall off in quarter two uh where the market paused a little bit um with interest rates increasing there was a little bit of concern around uh where prices may or may not go uh but uh, over the summer uh that concern abated and uh Quarter three has been very, very strong. And as we head into uh, the back end of the year, I think um, the demand is continuing. Um, we have experienced very, very uh, strong sales graphs over the past uh, few months. Um, at the moment, we're selling uh, a development in Castle Troy. New tree bed semis in Limerick are fetching around 395, late trees, car, give or take, um, which is the uh, starting point in the market. Um Apartments are fetching uh, 295, uh, duplex units are fetching 350 to 370. Um, uh, the higher density stock isn't selling, let me tell you. Um, first time buyers are very much opting into the traditional townhouse or three bed semi if it's within their uh, affordability uh, structure. Um, only those that are maybe unable to reach uh, because of salary scales uh, are opting into the, the traditional apartment type offering. Um, that's an interesting uh, stat. Very little investor interest. 
um, that normally would be targeted at the apartment stroke duplex type offering. Um, that type of stock is is a challenge at the minute all over uh, Limerick and I think pretty much all over the country. Um, Tom, there's a lot in what you said there, so let's break it down. Um, there's some really interesting figures. So my first observation is that, you know, um, in terms of three-bed semis, that's a good price for new three-bed semis when we look at um, maybe the the average earnings. And so for a first-time buyer, would 395 uh, heading into kind of the early fours, would that be about on par for what um, the majority of first-time buyers are coming in in terms of budget? That's where they're coming in at a budget. But, you know, I suppose uh, for many, many years, uh, you take a, a normal civil servant or a guard or a nurse or uh, they would have been a blue chip buyer back in the day. Uh, now it might take two guards combined with respect to them, uh, a combined salary of 110 or 20 grand to be able to afford a 400,000 euro purchase. And uh, that's just the way the market has gone. So I think house prices and property prices have surpassed uh, salary scales in many ways. Uh, yeah. That's a big challenge for buyers. So either they have, if it's a single buyer, they need the help of mum or dad or they need, um, you know, uh, uh, an investment from uh, an outside source to get them on the property ladder at that price point. Um, so that's a very, very big challenge. We're seeing lots of singles that 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 are unable to get going. Uh, they're paying huge rents. Um in Limerick, we're paying, they're paying around two grand a month for an average uh, duplex or a nice three-bed semi or a two-bed townhouse. Um, and uh, they can, if they can get on the property ladder, their repayment will actually be less than that. They have security yeah. of tenure. Um, they have their own home and uh, they're paying it off over time. Um, yeah, look, uh, to be honest, the, the, the increase in rents in regional areas is really uh, motivating for first-time buyers to try get on the ladder because that that overpayment in rent in compared to what they'd be paying in a mortgage is really stark. So it's, it's definitely a point of frustration. But the 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 interesting stat there in terms of duplexes, they're still coming in at a particularly high price. Who's buying those? Because they duplexes tend to be the first time buyers who can't raise maybe the budget for a three bed semi, but it's not something they tend to choose. And yet investors aren't as likely to pick them up. So who's buying the duplexes? Well, what's happening uh, in uh, a number of cases is that they're being allocated to the social and affordable aspect of the yeah. development. Uh, we're seeing some developers holding them uh, as part of their overall property portfolio. Um, there's a very, very limited market uh uh, for that type of product, particularly in the Midwest region. And I'm hearing that from colleagues and agents all around the country. Uh, and we've been lobbying actively uh, with our local reps in terms of trying to get the planning laws and residency laws changed. Uh, it doesn't make any sense uh, pushing and forcing developers into that type of high-density offering if they cannot sell it at the far side. And in, in a lot of cases, developments are paused or developers are holding to see if the prices can rise strong enough to make it affordable to build because apartment building and, and duplex building is an expensive build. Uh, uh, and they're telling me here in Limerick uh, to deliver at uh, the construction of an apartment is costing 250 grand. If you're only getting 290 or 295 at the far side, you take the VAT off the 295, take your professional fees off it, mm. uh, and apply a side fine of 10 or 15 grand, which is very, very low. Uh, you're only breaking even at best. So, uh, the model we're seeing down here uh, uh, for that type of offering is the developer holds and rents. Um, they apply it where they can to part five. 
Um, and then you have the HAs coming in or the housing blocks coming in, buying them in block, uh, or the organizations coming in, taking a block out, uh, and they're buying that on a kind of a rental stroke investment model. And um, uh, it's working from that way. Um, you know, you, you, you made, uh, just as you were giving your overview of the marketplace, you know, you made the point high density stock isn't selling. Like it's the, the part of the market that isn't selling. And what we see through the approved housing bodies in the last maybe 18 to 24 months is that there's been a lot of pre-purchasing happening. Um, so is that is that happening in Limerick or, uh, you know, talk to me about the stock level that's there at the moment. So um, is there any pockets of stock in Limerick, you know, maybe that just um, isn't selling at the moment? Well, in, in most developments, we're, I mean, we launched a development in Green Park, which is the mm-hmm. old Limerick race course, I'm sure you know it, Carl, mm-hmm. uh, four weeks ago. Uh, the first 12 sales were 12 houses. Uh, and then we sold one apartment that was at a launch. Um, and uh, the ratio was probably uh, 90% housing as against 10% high density type offerings. So, uh, and even at that, at that, sometimes those uh, apartment or duplex sales might necessarily stick. Um, wherever they can, people are opting in to housing stock rather than the high density offering. You know, look, that that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, you know, I, I'm I I I get myself in trouble for saying it, but as as Irish people, we are still only in, you know, most of us are still within two to three generations or closer to the land. And the reality is we've seen time and time and time again that actually while the government wants us to adopt more or um compact ways of living and we understand the sustainability argument for that, at the end of the day, people are still choosing. They're choosing more space they're choosing a front garden they're choosing off street parking they're choosing a house over an apartment or duplex when they have the choice they just don't always have the choice and can you tell me a little bit about kind of the demographic of who you're seeing at the moment because i think we're in an interesting time post covid you know we saw during covid a lot of people left um the the main cities they went back to regional cities and towns and rural areas um, the demographic that you're seeing across all buying sectors um, who's who's looking who's looking to to live or to buy or to move into the Limerick area city and county well in Limerick we have a very very strong local market uh, we have some very very uh, strong business parts here we've uh, big companies that are expanding we have Regeneron we have Eli Lilly we have Analog we have Johnson & Johnson all huge uh, multinational employers here that uh, are generating um, and employing uh, high numbers. Uh, so we have the local market. Um, we have a lot of non-Irish buyers. It's a very, very big part of the market. Uh, so we have buyers that have come in from overseas. Um, and uh, I would say, particularly in the new developments, uh, they are definitely uh, contributing to 50% of plus of our sales. Uh, which is a very, very interesting stat. Uh, and in doing numbers recently, I think across four developments that we actively are selling now, I think uh, Paul, my son, who looks after new homes, mentioned to me that they were up around over 60% of the buyers um, are non-national. Uh, we welcome them. Uh, they're great people. Um, they're supporting the market. From them, we're hearing that uh, they're tired of paying the high rents. They're tired of the lack of security uh, around their uh, tenure. Um uh, many of them are getting support from their home countries um, financially um, and they're big borrowings uh, uh, literally to get on the market and get on the ladder and get up and running. 
um, and uh, they're getting over the line, uh, and they're they're a hugely important part of the market for us uh, at present. Um, so it's a local market, and uh, it's a it's I suppose uh, um, it's it's the new Irish buyers we refer to them as, yeah, yeah, right. very good. And and uh, Tom, I know that um, GVM has a very strong legacy in terms of AgriLand, which probably helped you make over the past decades the transition into a lot of development land, which is feeding into new homes. But let's start with the development land. What's the market in and around Limerick um, like there? Transactional evidence uh, and transactions generally have been quiet. Uh, we had a lot of land banks that came to the market um, at the end of the recession, if you like, and a number of land banks changed hands in 16, 17, 18, which are now coming out of the ground in terms of the developments I'm referring to. Um, land values down here at that time and since then uh, per acre are landing at around 400, €450,000 per acre for uh r1 zoned development land ready for housing and that would be serviced um that that would be the kind of price point that we've experienced down here um values haven't really changed because i think while house prices have increased and they have substantially i mean back when we started develop developers started back in limerick in 19 uh and back really active again a three bit semi was 290 now we're 100 grand over and above that. But equally, construction costs have gone up, uh, I think, on par with the sale price. So the margin is pretty much the same for builders. And uh, I'm looking at their figures. They're sharing it with me on a regular basis. And um, they're they're sort of seeing uh, units or stand values in Limerick at around 30,000 each per, per, per house. Uh, not worth any more than that uh, because the margin isn't in it. And you've got to factor in financing cost risk, market risk, um, another factor. So there has to be margin for the builder and the developers, but it's tight, Carl. Mm. Uh, it's tight. They're showing me figures. Um, you know, it's not like what it was back in the day in the in the uh, early 2000s. Margins were much, much bigger. I think on average, uh, I'm seeing developers and builders working on a margin of 10, max 15%. Um, I, I understand what you're saying, that it's tight and there isn't a huge amount of activity, but we are seeing progress in terms of where we were maybe in 2019 and early 2020. You know, we were involved in um, some placemaking projects down there. And at the time, one of the biggest observations from, say, the the Chamber of Commerce and the local business community was that any inward investment seemed to be state that actually there was a difficulty getting private investment into the area for development. And we can see that starting to shift now. But, uh, you know, a, a lot of the redevelopment that was happening, the regeneration was very much state led, which meant it was slower and um, that there wasn't that appetite for private investment coming in. So it's interesting when you talk about maybe, say, the new home schemes that are there at the moment, um, so I know GBM are dealing with, is it four new home schemes in Limerick at the moment? Are they all put forward by Limerick-based developers or developers with um, a connection to Limerick? Well, well, one is London-based uh, with, with historical Limerick and temporary connections, um, I suppose, hence my involvement. Um, uh, he is currently, or they are currently building uh, three of the schemes. Um, the other scheme is Green Park, which is an exciting development. It's city centre. Um and that's led really by the original um, uh, owners of of the race course uh, and a very very strong local family who have 
uh, placed their confidence in the development and in the location and uh, they've uh, started building down there and it's doing really, really well for them. Uh, other than that, a lot of the builders and developers, Carl, that were, uh, did really well over the years uh, and unfortunately got washed away to no fault of their own. Mm. They were all very, very good people. Most of them haven't come back, you know, unfortunately. And that's sad and it's disappointing. Um, and many of the old traditional building families that uh, built Limerick, if you like, uh, in the 90s and early 2000s, um, they haven't returned to the market. And you're right, a lot of the investment has been from outside of Limerick. Um, and uh, some of them are backed by funds. Um, and uh, there's only a handful really active in the market for a city of 100,000 people. Um, it's probably a little bit tight given uh, the level of activity going on here economically. Um, uh, well, look, one of the things that I, I was really interested about with GVM that unlike maybe some of the regional estate agents and auctioneers, you've really been able to spread your presence. So, um, you know, we always talk about auctioneering and, and property and real estate um, uh, no more than construction as being very much a people and relationship led business. And uh, we talked about the new homes developments that you're working in in Limerick, but your team have really extended outside of Limerick in 2023. So, what what other areas are you are you looking at, or are you know were you working on it uh, this year? Yeah, well, uh, I suppose look, um, the aforementioned developer that uh, is very active here in Limerick uh, also acquired sites in Tala in Dublin and in Kildare. He asked us, would we get involved in terms of uh, selling the houses uh, for him on those sites? Initially, I suppose we thought it was a little bit out of our uh, jurisdiction or our area. Um, but uh, my son, Paul, who uh, worked uh, and had a marvellous time up there with Hooker McDonald uh, in new homes uh, for a number of years, uh, returned to us uh, in memory three years ago. Uh, he encouraged I suppose, our involvement and said, look, he'd take care of it. Um, and uh, I suppose normally you see Dublin agents moving down the country, uh, taking a bit of our uh, action down here, which um, is, is is their prerogative, obviously. Um, uh, but yeah, we've we've uh, successfully sold 100 odd houses in Tala for um, formation homes. Uh, that was, that's just concluding at the moment up there and um, all buyers are in. Um, they since then acquired a site uh the old army barracks in kildare known as mcgee barracks um and they have secured planning there for 370 houses uh again we launched uh that scheme uh in the past five weeks and we've been up there every saturday uh we hit away um and we get up there and we meet our clients and uh we've had a tremendously successful launch up there and uh, uh we're coming away with sales every saturday and we're thrilled with the response we're getting i suppose uh, many, many years ago in this business, Carl, uh, aspiring buyers came to our office and they looked at photographs on the wall. That's when I started out. Um, uh, and they called us for all the minute details associated with a house or with a property. And uh, they came to see us in the office. Uh, you know, our world has changed in terms of marketing, in terms of uh, how the business uh, evolves. Um, very, very few clients now come to our office. Um we all need a base. I think we need to be in town meeting other professionals and meeting solicitors and colleagues and accountants and fellow professionals. Um, and some people do drop in from time to time for a meeting or for a chat or uh, whatever. But the majority of our clients that are house buying, uh, we they they inquire 
obviously they can hit prior on the mobile phone, they see your signage on the site. Uh, but more importantly, website advertising uh, is now a huge chunk of our uh, business. Um, and it's probably the national websites that are driving most of the inquiries. So the, the Daft and the, the My Home um, the platforms, while we find them expensive, and that's been contentious as well, I suppose, between the, the uh, groups and, and agents, uh, but it affords us the opportunity to uh, operate outside our area. And uh, we also advertise actively on uh, online presence. We have uh, we've a marketing team here that advertise on Facebook, on Instagram, um, on LinkedIn. And again, those platforms afford us the opportunity to advertise our wares nationally and it allows us to go to Kildare and sell a housing scheme or go to Tala and sell a housing scheme. And I think if you ask most agents in Dublin uh, to put their hand in their heart and say, um, how many of your buyers come to your office? Not too many. They may come to collect the key uh, or uh, shake their hand and uh, get the bottle of wine uh, on closing. Other than that, car, most of our business is done online or uh, on the mobile phone or at the development sites. I mean, in, in Green Park, for instance, we uh, have just started down there. We have a marketing suite. Uh, I'm in the marketing suite tomorrow morning, Saturday. I'll meet my clients at the marketing suite. Uh, we don't have a show host yet. Uh, it's probably seven or eight months away. Uh, and the websites and our digital marketing will drive people to that particular marketing suite tomorrow morning. And I'm there for a couple of hours and I meet the clients. My son, Paul, goes to Kildare tomorrow. Uh, he has done some targeted uh, online digital marketing uh, ahead of tomorrow. And hopefully that brings new buyers uh, to Kildare tomorrow. That's how it's 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 been done. Uh, it's working for us. Um, we're thrilled to be operating for the developers and the builders that we have. They're tremendous people. They're wonderful builders. Uh, and it's an honor and a privilege for us to be uh, so busy, thankfully. Um, Tom, you're preaching to the choir here. I've been banging that drum about um, digital marketing and, and the importance of social media and leveraging the, the platforms that are there for the past decade. So um, I, I love that you describe it as, as essentially your world changing in terms of marketing. And and, and it's, it, it goes beyond marketing. It's how buyers and consumers of property whether they're they're involved in commercial or residential transactions whether they're renting buying it's how consumers of property want to be able to engage uh, and access and so i think that's really interesting and look i i, I do i i do admire that that turn where you're right you know we've seen the drip of dublin agents coming into the into the region so it's it's nice to see that it's nice to see that reversal from time to time and i think if anything because again i'm always banging the drum about um technology i think it does remind us of how important those personal relationships um and and the human contact is in terms of um you know in, in terms of property and real estate because even though i sometimes tend to forget it with my focus on technology real estate is and will remain uh, a people business because people like to do business and um, particularly when you're talking about the development land and um, there's one there's one uh, interesting pocket and I'm conscious of time here but I'm there's one interesting pocket of the, the Limerick market that I'm interested in because Limerick um, over the past decade was seen as a good place for buy to let investors you know who wanted to get in 
uh, to an affordable marketplace that had strong, um, again, uh, people moving into the area for strong employment. There was a strong student market and there was really high yields. So I remember, uh, you know, after the crash and in the early days of the recovery, Limerick was really seen as quite a target for buy to let investors. Now, in recent years, nowhere in Ireland seems to be a target for buy to let investors. So you might just talk to us about the experience. Um, you know, we know the trends very clearly are one-off uh, investors and, and uh, you know, I don't like this mom and pop investor tag, but that tends to be what it is, um, exiting the market. Is that the experience in Limerick or are you seeing any trends where uh, where investors are buying in? Okay, the only area where we're seeing investors buying in uh, are immediately adjacent to the colleges, as in University of Limerick, as in the Mary Immaculate College or uh, in Moilish. Uh, the immediate locality there does see some uh, inward investment from existing landlords that have uh, good knowledge or an experience in the business uh, and may extend their portfolio. Uh, other than that, we're not we're seeing very very little inward investment buying residential properties. There is an exception that we've experienced in the last eighteen months, and it's a bugbear of many landlords uh, that have been kind and looking after historical tenants that they've had for many many years. Uh, they're now rent capped and are limited to uh, a rent of eight or 900 uh, per month, and their neighbour may be getting two grand a month. So what we're seeing is those landlords exiting out of that particular property, selling and replacing it with an alternative investment. Um, and those investors we're seeing as well are opting into the newer stock, um, the more modern stock and the A-rated stock. Uh, so they may have been getting... Uh, 800 a month or 900 a month max for what they had historically let um, to their long-standing tenant. They'll get two, two and a half grand a month. Yeah, they'll have to put in a bit more uh, financially into the investment uh, at source buying in, but the return is is much greater and they're future-proofing their investment. But overall, very, very limited uh, investment market uh, in Limerick um, and hence, I suppose, the chronic shortage of accommodation. And if anything, and you chat to the manager companies here in Limerick, they'll tell you that um, there's an exit out in the market because of the rent caps, because of the taxation, uh, because of issues around PRTB and uh, tenants' rights and everything else that goes with it. Um, it's very difficult to to um, the, the rationale between somebody who is capped at a 2% increase while at the same time facing 6, 7, 8% inflation. It's very difficult to see the rationale for that. It's not sustainable for a long period of time. It's interesting to hear, though, the experience of people maybe exiting those properties to to reinvest in a property that uh, it makes absolute sense. I just haven't heard about it. Um, but, uh, you know, no doubt it is happening across the country. But um, I, I, in terms of the news we've seen this week, um, budget 2024, which was supposed to to help landlords stay in the market because we know that's what's good for tenants who require um, supply in the marketplace. Do you think budget 2024 did anything in a significant way to to either keep the existing landlords that we have or to attract new landlords into the market? I think the net gain for most landlords is something in the region of six or seven hundred euros uh, per unit per year. Uh, it's only a drop in the ocean relative to what uh, the overall context of what's going on. You have to remember, interest rates have gone up quite a lot uh, in the past 12 months. So landlords, yeah, they may have been benefiting from increased rents, but now their repayments uh, 
um, have gone through the roof in the meantime. Uh, even those on trackers will tell you. Uh, and I'm seeing a lot of that, by the way. Historical people that had long-term trackers that are that are would have been would have been very very um, cost-effective for them. Uh, so that's you know they're gone through the roof in the last sort of uh, uh, twelve months. So that's driving some of the landlords away as well. You know. So um, the bottom line here is. Uh, the stock that's exiting the rental market isn't being replaced or being replenished by new investors. Um, and unless the government takes a serious look at the taxation element of it, uh, the rent caps, I, I don't know, like in, in we, we, I'm over about it generally a little bit. They have a square meter, uh, type rent cap. So if, if a three bed CBD in Limerick is, is renting at, uh, 20 euro a square foot in an area that it's, it's a per meter per foot, per foot monthly rental payment. That's how it's calculated. And it's the same in other European countries. And maybe the same should apply here. And then rent cap it, if they wish, at that stage. But there has to be a balance between uh, a historical renter at 800 uh, and someone new getting two grand next door or two and a half grand next door. Yeah. No, look, you're absolutely right. That doesn't make sense. And Liz, thank you so much for taking the time to take us through that today. It's I genuinely always appreciate your insights um, uh, to, to really understand what's happening on the ground in Limerick City and County and indeed now in, in the wider area. So I'd recommend anybody take a look at those new schemes, um, uh, particularly in Kildare that's launching. And Tom, before we finish up, what are you expecting over the next 12 months? Because it's been just since since um, we came out of COVID, it's been a really interesting time. The trends have been a little bit unpredictable. What are you expecting for Limerick City and County in 2024? Um, we I would have been a little bit apprehensive about the market, I suppose, last spring. Uh, the summer, uh, it, it bucked up a little bit again and the back of the deer is finishing strong for what we can see of it. Um, uh, there was there was obviously concern around interest rates, concern around uh, fuel prices, concern around uh, maybe you know, wobbles in the economy or outside influences uh, like you know the Ukrainian war uh, having an impact. Um, overall, overall, uh, certainly, I'm giving a very very positive uh, view from Limerick. It's uh, a buoyant city. It's doing very very well with a lot of inward investment. Uh, we have a housing stock beginning to increase. We have new builds happening. Uh, we're looking forward to 24 uh, with a lot of optimism, with a lot of hope. Um, we think it's going to be a good year. Uh, we certainly have the stock uh, to provide for aspiring buyers. Um, we're confident the market will hold up and uh, uh, we're looking forward to a very, very good year ahead. Uh, that that's um, a, a note of hope that we needed to hear. Thank you so much, Tom. That was Tom Cross, Property Director at GVM Auctioneers in Limerick. My thanks to Katie Tallon and to the production team at Hear Me Roar Media and huge thanks to our show sponsor, daft.ie, Ireland's most visited property website. And thank you indeed for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Property Roundup. In the meantime, please be sure to, to check out all of the other Irish and international construction and real estate shows on iProperty Radio. <laughs>